Honest, I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use again. Shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello and welcome to Sports 360 Podcast, the morning after the night before. Um, Super Eagles are out of the Nations Cup. That's not a story anymore by the time you this podcast hits you. But we're going to take a a holistic review of what happened, what went wrong beyond the match, beyond the players, beyond the coaches. We're going to take a holistic view of Nigerian football. But first, before we get into the Nigerian situation, let's just remind you of the other countries that have qualified from Africa. Of course, Ghana, eliminated Nigeria, and Senegal. Um, penalty shootout victory over Egypt again. For the second time in a short while, and again it was Sadio Mane with the decisive kick that knocked uh, Egypt out. Cameroon pulled out a terrific result away from home. They lost one 0 to Algeria at home, but they pulled out a very very creditable two one victory away. So they are through as well. Tunisia completed the job against Mali one 0 winners away, and uh, it was a goalless draw in Tunisia. And probably the only country that had it very very easy, smooth sailing was Morocco. 1-1 draw against the RC. They completed the job with a 4-1 whitewash of the Congolese back at home. So it's Ghana, Senegal, Cameroon, Tunisia, Morocco. I remember we had bets. So uh, we had uh, uh, predictions. I think I got two over five. <laughs> I think it's only Senegal and Cameroon I got right. I can't remember what you guys or who you guys predicted. So, um, so let's quickly talk about that, buddy. Ghana, Senegal, Cameroon, you can say three West African countries uh, in there. Tunisia, Morocco, uh, let me leave that to Yemi. Um, is this indicative of how, how strong the West Coast of Africa is becoming football-wise? Um, look, it, it should be, I think it should be simplest to, to uh, to, to use these qualifiers to reach, uh, the, to, to place um, the level of all the teams. Okay. I mean, we saw we saw all the matches. There's there's, there's a thin line between the teams that qualified and those that yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, so touch, touch and go, and like you always say, you know, when it comes to this 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 crunch and decisive games, um, sometimes what you, all, all you need is a little luck, a little, yeah. a little luck, um, a, a lot of ifs and buts, but. Uh, on paper, yes, we will say that the, that the, the West African teams are, are they, they, uh, they, they fared better. But so you never know; it could have gone the other way. Yeah, I uh, am yeah, Tunisia, Morocco uh, did the job on the road actually and completed yeah. the job at home. Uh, I'm particularly happy for Morocco because um, I think they've made very steady progress in the last few years in terms of developing their football from the local level, investments that they're making in infrastructure. Investments that are making in you know, youth development, and in terms of uh, even uh, on the coaching side of the of the business, um, you can see that they are reaping the rewards. Yes, it's left for them to actually really crack it on the continent in an active competition. But the World Cup appearance can do a lot of good for the country in general. For Tunisia, it's just a continuation of the progress that they made from the Afcon. Mm. Uh, obviously, they knocked out Nigeria, and you know um, that progress 
culminated in, in what they did yesterday to get through the World Cup. So it also also depends on how they, you know, package themselves over the next few months heading to Qatar and also realize that they also had a pretty decent uh, uh, Arab Cup, uh, FIFA Arab yeah. Cup as well. So um, there's no there, there's no uh, easy route. There's no wuru to the answer. Mm-hmm. And that is what I kind of like about the progress of some of the teams that are going to the World Cup. All right, so um, congratulations to all these teams. Um, wish them well. Maybe one of the five will eclipse that quarterfinal best performance by an African team at the World Cup. need a good draw, though. We need a good draw. The draws will be made on Friday, uh, a couple of days' time. We need a good draw. And um, I think the weather favors African teams more. Yeah, Although, no, when you no, say no. these guys are African teams, majority <laughs> of them play abroad. So, <laughs> I'm not sure how much of an advantage the weather will be for the Africans. But Ghana, Senegal, Cameroon, Tunisia, Morocco, full steam, Qatar. For a certain West African country, though, full steam, stay at home. The Super Eagles of Nigeria faltered at the final hurdle. But, you know, but a, what we want to do on the podcast today, which is more or less dedicated, we're not having various topics. Um, we're having various topics under the Super Eagles heading. Just trying to take a holistic view. I'm trying to say that blaming players, coaches, whatever, is too simplistic. We need to take a, a holistic view. My fear had been, I think I said this on this podcast, um, sometime last year, that I felt that the way we handle things, the way we tend to cut corners, paper over cracks, concentrate too much on Super Eagles and do all those things, I felt that at some point, the chicken was home home to roost. I said it yesterday morning before the match on our radio show. I just had the feeling that I wanted Nigeria to rap. Either Nigeria would win uh, because I felt we had a better team. We had, But I just felt that at some point, when you're not doing the right things, you will be found out. Yeah. Something would happen that will show you. Um, do you agree with my assessment? Is it that uh, the chickens came home to roost for us yeah. because of all the things we're doing that are not right? If I can put it like that. Ninji, the, 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 the fact of the case is that, you know, we have always, um, on our various, various platforms, talked about how uh, it is wrong to... Um, to start building a house from the roof. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 you start from the foundation and, and then you build it up. The, the, look, the odds are that the type of building you get will de- depend on the type of foundation that you are built. That you dig. That, 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 yeah, that's what I built. Um, we, we are here at every time. If you, if you want, to, if you want, the, the, the higher you want a building to go, the deeper you put your foundation. Yes. It's not a very, if you want a very, uh, very tall building, you can't, you can't build a shallow foundation. What you have done in reference to your, to your paper over the cracks is to, is, is to, is, is to ignore the foundation and just start. In fact, what we did, let's be honest, is to start buying furniture without seeing the dimension of the house you want to build, <laughs> the, the dimension of the, of the house you want to build. This is what start from, if you started from buying furniture, before so that furniture, both kitchen and everything, I said, okay, oh, before, before looking for the plot of land to build the house, if you, if you have to be honest, um, we have, we have, look, as, as a nation, we haven't done the right things, you know. However, because of the, because of the quote and unquote, the successes of qualifying for the World Cup, mm. and, and I mean the senior World Cup. Yes. 
the moment our age group teams started failing to qualify, the moment the project of ensuring everything in the in, in the in the NPFL in, in the Nigerian league, the moment we scrapped the program because I remember that there was there was a couple of years um, uh, a while back where it was mandatory for every team to have an age group team or junior team. Yeah. It was mandatory. The moment we stop paying attention to our women's league, it's only now that efforts have been constantly effort is being made to ensure that things are going smoothly. There's a time that in the women's league there are more abandoned games or, or more, more more walkovers than actual wins. The moment we we, we we did all that, we started doing all that and put all our eggs in, on, on this on the spy goose basket. In fact, it was so so bad. That even the US national team, the Falcons, were ignored. Yeah. And it showed. It showed. Because all our team suddenly became the laughing stock of Africa. Couldn't get to the Olympics, we couldn't get to the age tournaments, we couldn't, you know, it was only spiders. And, and we did say that you cannot run a federation the way that it was made, that the NFF was being run. Everything became. Is a spy goose or nothing? Yeah. And we are being force fed, the theory that as long as spy goose are doing well, all this all this with, with, with Nigeria for we didn't want because look, and, 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 and even at, at, at a point, the head of the head of it was just once said that going to the World Cup was our birthright. Yes. Hey, seriously. <laughs> now we have we have seen that it's not our birthright. And we have seen that you can't put all your eggs in that basket because, hey, in fact, there's no basket. You are putting your eggs in the paper towel. <laughs> so now, maybe now that the bottom has fallen out of out of the uh, out of out of a paper basket, maybe we will start. But see, the thing is that it is difficult to rebuild the things that we are allowed to rot. Yeah. It is difficult, mm. and and it, it will take a it, it, it will take a while. Because, you know, we keep saying also that it's not only the NFF that is the problem. The media is a part of the problem. No, we're, the we're, a part of the problem. We're it's a section there. of the media is a part of the problem. The section of the media. The fast is a part, the, the, the fast is a part of the problem. We want quick fixes. Hmm. There are no quick fixes. They are, they are none. Look, it's like what I said before, you have to build the foundation and you have to be patient about doing it. Also, remember there's a time that we argue that look, let's pull out all our teams out of continental competitions, yeah. out of half competitions. Let us rebuild something two, three years. Other people have done it and they are still here. Well, well, we, have been, gone. we have been pulled out now by <laughs> by not qualifying. Well, is that saying again? If, if, you don't, if you don't talk to FIFA, we'll hear from them. Yeah. If you pull out of calf, calf will throw us out. Well, not literally, but well, here we are. All right, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's just because I don't want to dwell on this, but I'll just we need to talk about it. Let's just focus on the the two legs itself. Um, over two legs, we only managed one penalty goal against Ghana with the quality of strikers we have. That was um not good enough, and of course, ultimately that's why we're out. A situation whereby you have a team. We seemed not to want it. Ghana seemed to want it more. By they seemed more hungry. Uh, we seemed a bit short of ideas and all. How do you assess the team performance from the players and the coaches' perspective quickly over the two legs? I think we've said it on this podcast, whether we like it or not. 
there is a huge disconnect in the composition of the super egos. Mm. That disconnect is in the desire, the zeal to die on the pitch, to put everything on into the line. everything on the line for the progress of the of the team. And this is not super egos alone. Now, I said yesterday on the program that I wasn't sure the manager was going to put it on to go with three newbies. He did. And that probably came back to haunt us. But one thing that I think has been consistent is the lack of desire to try things out. Mm. Try new things. I, I suggested that probably we should go for 4 to yesterday because I felt that in the first leg, Osimet was too isolated. Yeah. And that more or less continued yesterday. In the long term as well, we're not producing a particular type of player yeah. anymore. Those creative midfielders. We have completely jettisoned the production of such players for physical, strong, industrious players. And it eventually tells in the long run because once, once you don't develop such players from age grade, it will tell at the last stage. This is super egos. I didn't think our players wanted it enough. The urgency was not there. Mm. It didn't seem like qualification was on the line. Yeah. You know, with the way they approached the game. And I don't know if it's a function of the communication from the bench or even if it's the player or a lack of leadership on the pitch. To let them realize that, look, guys, we can't afford not to win this match. So I think all that's put together is what I saw in terms of the performances from yesterday. Mm. Our players probably believe that they've arrived, and that's symptomatic of the entire Nigerian football pyramid. Mm. Believing that we are, we've arrived, we're one of the best mm. in, in, in the, on the continent, well, really, in actual fact, we have not dominated African football for a while. At all. Mm. Okay. Yeah, exactly, at all. Uh, okay, buddy, uh, Yami mentioned something. After this, we'll go to We'll start breaking it down. Um, we'll go to NFL first. But before that, Yami mentioned something about um, Nigerian football. Where does this arrogance of Nigerian football fans come from that believe that we are such a fantastic footballing country? And this is what I mean. We've been to the World Cup six times now, I think. We are three African countries have been to the World Cup and they've gotten to the quarterfinal. We have been to World Cup six times. We've never done that. Senegal, quarterfinal. Ghana almost got to the semifinal. And um, Cameroon have gotten to the quarterfinal. So, on that continent, on that aspect, we are not the best. Nations Cup. Egypt has seven. Cameroon, I think, have five or six, if I'm not mistaken. Ghana has four. We have three. I'm not sure there is any. So, we are not even in the top three in terms of trophies won in that aspect, on the African continent. And even Ghana, Ghana's last Nations Cup was 1982. 40 years ago, we still haven't caught up with them. We are on three. They have four. And then probably Olympics, we won one, but another African country has won it as well. Cameroon has won it. I don't want to go into the age grade competitions because they are purely developmental. So where do we find this arrogance as a footballing country that make us feel we're a great footballing country when in actual fact 
We're just a good. Slave is slightly above average because we have won a few things. Footballing country, where do you think the arrogance comes from? That question is actually a very, 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 very simple question. Very simple. Now, first off, every fan, um, the, the fan of um, every fan, I mean, whether it's a club or a country, there's nothing we can tell you about your team or your club. Mm-hmm. When I tell people that shooting stars are the, they are the best in Africa, I actually mean it. Okay. Don't ask me where my regards, <laughs> regards come from. That's what I believe. You're not laughing. If I tell you that, if, if, if I tell you that, I'm Villa. Transfers of representing is true. Don't forget that. They are the best in Europe. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, yes, yes, you can go. Yes, I mean it. So the fans, the fans believe what they want to believe. That is, look, you can't tell them nothing until reality hits them and it sparks them in the face. And you know, it's the same confidence, it's the same confidence and arrogance that makes a Sierra Leone come to Nigeria and believe that they can get a win. They left with, with the 4 4 draw. And the fans will feel, so the best time they feel the super goose, they're going to raise their shoulder. That's where the best thing that happens in sliced bread because they feel, they, you can't blame the fans for that. You can't. But, if you're asking me where arrogance comes from, let me remind you, in case you have forgotten. The, I'm, I'm, I'm being half serious here. The, the first team in Africa to win a to, to win a FIFA, a FIFA tournament was Nigeria. The first team in Africa I to said, win a don't bring, don't bring it. Wait, wait, wait. Like, no, no, wait <laughs> now, wait now. You're asking me arrogance, where arrogance comes from? Okay. It's Nigeria. Okay. And the Falcons have won more titles, more continental titles than any other team ever on this one. So, what the fans see is, you know what? We have won the other 17 tournaments several times. We have won the Olympics. We have, we have won two Olympic uh, silver medals. Then automatically, let me connect what you said earlier. Those players are going to grow up. And when they get to their level, because they had excelled at a, at a lower level, you and I know it doesn't work like that. Yeah. But the fans, but the fans don't care. For the officials, who parrot what the fans who have limited knowledge, who have limited, because of their passion. The officials want to sell a dream to the sponsors. Mm. And so, the repeat, I, I know, for the sponsor who wants good mileage for his or her product, they want to believe what you are saying. Because if the spirals that we saw, if they are going to get past Ghana, you and I know that it's likely that they'll get no that's in the first round. But we're here this time we know what we need to do. Yes. Forget qualification. We are going to central as in fact we can win it. They will sell that dream. And because the average person in the office is a fan, they believe the dream and they will go to their offices and and sign off on the plan until reality smacks them in the face. That's why the job of you and I, the few in the media who understand that hey it is not that cut and dried. People accuse you and I of being pessimistic of not believing in the team. But you look at the facts on the table and you tell them. This, look, that, I was shocked yesterday when some people said that, oh, we should have kept the neutral. We have forgotten that. Lord <laughs> give us a lot of headaches. We have forgotten about that. <laughs> that and so that's the thing. Look, give us two years now. The fans will tell you that we have the divine right to win the nation's cup. Yeah, you just mentioned that Ghana won the last one for like the the, uh, uh, the last of their four forty years ago. We are still on three, but that's why when we said that look, Ghana is a tricky tie. 
because when it comes to Nigeria and Ghana, in fact, at the level where they are, they are where, where all the teams were, it was touch and go. It's not cut and drag. Yeah. You got to do yeah. bring something extra to the table to get past that hump. But it's Ghana. What was last time? Because what you beat Ghana? Yeah, that's, that's how the fans. That, yeah. That's how the average fan. That's the arrogance and the fan alluding to exactly because they will not look at the facts on the table. They will not look at what at what we are, we are seeing in the team. They will tell you, you know what? Hey, it's, it's Nigeria. Why not? So the fans will believe what they want to believe. Yeah, those in uh, the, the officials will sell the dream to, to for, for their own ends. And those who sponsor them will also log in onto that dream because they want XYZ. So, but that's why for the few people who are brave enough to say, hey, why we want to qualify? Let us look at this side too. And that's why sometimes you like, get insulted before yeah. the proverbial shit is defined. Yeah. I've been, I've been, oh, yeah, I've been insulted many times <laughs> because the people always assume that. Um, when you give a negative uh, uh, negative analysis of probably Nigeria may not win a match, they see you as you have been unpatriotic. You are not being patriotic. So, we get a lot of that, but we have to do our job. Okay, now, let, let, let's break things down. Let's uh, talk about different aspects. The NFF. <laughs> we have an NFF that over the past seven or eight years, for me, and, and I think we've said this on this podcast, and I, I think I've criticized them heavily, on that, and they try and sell this perception that there's something they have achieved, <laughs> or there's something extra they have brought to Nigerian football, and I honestly don't see it. Amadou Pinik is the president. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I don't have his phone number on my phone. I know him professionally. I guess he knows me professionally. When we see, we greet, and with all sense of humility, I believe. I've earned the right to say my mind in this industry. Almost 30 years and counting. I'm still, I'm going to be here till I drop. (laughs) You know, so the point is that this NFF, I don't see anything extra they have done beyond the Super Eagles qualifying for tournaments, which we were doing before. We've not gone to the Nations Cup. We've not won the Nations Cup. We've not gone to the World Cup and done better than previous uh, previous uh, teams. The sponsorship that they talk about is all is not sponsorship, but supportership. When Super Eagles are going for a major tournament, sponsors come, follow themselves, and throw money at the team. That has nothing to do with you. It's because they want to use the team to connect with their fans. And even that, we'll get to the sponsors too. They are not doing it well. So, NFF, this and then under this NFF club side, Football, NPFL is almost dead and moribund. And we ask them, what are you doing about it? No answer. 8th grade, we're not qualifying for 8th grade tournaments anymore. But they mentioned about the female team. <laughs> the Falcons, I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen a female national team locked in their own uh, airport for 4 hours like they did <laughs> when they were coming back the last time. So, where exactly does Amadou and his team find this attitude of believing they are the best thing. I heard he told some journalists that, uh, I mean, they should even beg him for a third term. Where does this, I mean, are they living in a different world or is it that they've hoodwinked so many people and people cannot see between the lines and say that there's nothing special here? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing special. Um, 
let me see you back here. I'm a Harlem. What kind of they want you because <laughs> <laughs> they've not done anything anybody has not done before. Um, commercialization or marketability of super egos has been there from time immemorial because, yes, whatever the qualify for any major tournament, the opportunities for activation are bound for corporates. No proper developmental plan, no legacy projects, Project. no legacy um, direction for football. Generally, we're not producing as many players from the local front to the national team. Whether we like it or not, we're not. And I can I boldly say, since I think Osimhen sets, we haven't had any player come through to break into this core maybe, super egos. Maybe I'm all, he didn't like, get to he play, didn't get so to that's play, why I won't. Uh, got into squad, yeah, so. that's why I won't um, record that he's broken into the team yet because he didn't get to play. Instead, we've had an NFL who's focused more on reaping where they did not sow. And what am I saying? You know, going after any available diaspora boy. That sounds Nigerian. That sounds Nigerian. The names are unique. So, once I, I remember tweeting at an Italian, Italian football journalist uh, last week when Italy failed to qualify. And was talking about the young players coming through in Syria. And he mentioned a, Niger, a Nigerian named boy. And I told him, mm. wait until Nigeria comes, <laughs> comes for him. So, this NFF has done, and I think part of the problem is the media. Mm. Because certain section of the media enjoy singing their praise. Yeah. As if they've done something unique, something outlandish. So they, they, they get caught up in that madness and believe that, yeah, we're doing you a big favor. We're, 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 we're Messiahs of Nigerian football. This same NFF, like you mentioned in several eight years, we've had the worst run at each great tournament. Probably had the worst run as well in female football. We've had the worst run on the continental scene, top football. The same NFF has refused to deal with development of coaches. Coaches are not coming through as they should. Instead, they are putting their seal behind all kinds of coaching schemes or mm. coaching programs that come from anywhere, instead of fostering their own coaching program that will develop Nigerian coaches and grab necessary calf licensing badges, instead they're, they're just creating all kinds of, of schemes. So, you ask yourself, in the long run, the long and short of Amadou's NFF ends, starts and ends with the Super Eagles and nothing more. Because, like, like I said, if you, if you ask, I'll stay with you. If you ask me, if you ask me, what are the high points of this NFF stadium? What have they brought? What are the high points? I, I can't, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I, 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 I struggle to, I struggle to recall beyond going for tournaments. Yeah. I struggle to see it. You know, so let, 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 let me come to Body now. Um, Body, uh, we'll get to the media in a bit, but before the media, um, competition vis-a-vis development. It's, a, it's been a running battle. NFF right now is primed towards just competition-oriented. We want to qualify. We want to go to the tournament because we know a lot of pecs surround all of that. You know, if we have been going, <laughs> I know some people's 
Some people would have, wouldn't have slept easy last night because all the financial calculations and permutations just went awry. Uh, um, it's a grant from FIFA for a training grant. Uh, $10 million for first round and all of that. Uh, sponsors will bring billions. Federal government will still bring billions. You know? You look at the situation and you see that even when we make all these monies, six out of seven, the past seven World Cups, Nigeria has been there. We did a podcast where we calculated how much money Nigeria has earned from World Cup participations. We, I think we arrived at 25 million. Somebody told me that they did that figure is close to 40 million dollars. But let's even say it's 25 million dollars that we agree, arrived at. You cannot see or drink of one legacy project. And this goes beyond the present NFF, to be fair. Oh, yes. I mean, previous NFF boards are culpable as well. You can't think of one thing that you say, oh, this is the legacy from our constant World Cup participation. So I ask the question, even if you qualify for this World Cup, it was going to be business as usual. We go there, we jungle, we jamboree, we get knocked out at some stage, we come back, a lot of money is made, private pockets. Nigerian football has absolutely no benefits. So I honestly don't see what has participation in past World Cups done for our football. I don't see it. Maybe you do. <laughs> well, if you recall, I think it was at US 94 that FIFA recognized that supporters club as uh, the best as the best in the world. That's a milestone. <laughs> we have is it not? Yes now. <laughs> we have we have um, we, we have exported to the world singing supporters. That's a legacy. Ironically. Even that, even that one now. is dead now. How many factors do you have? There now? are many factors. Wait, 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 wait <laughs> now. See, see, don't, 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 don't let's go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> if you enter that rabbit hole, we'll come out. That's a different story. <laughs> but you're asking me for that's what it is. But but you know what they did? When you read, I mean, for those who read that, for those who know, anybody will tell you. That the bread and butter is the league. Yeah. Both for the players and associations. The bread and butter. Those who want to receive us will tell you that, oh, if you look at the English FA, uh, so, somebody, the, 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 the FA is different from the body that, body that runs the league. Maybe so. But all of them tap from the fans. And there's much more, there's a lot more money to be made. From constantly engaging the fans, giving them something to look forward to week in, week out. And that's the foundation that we are talking about. When you build that ecosystem, that you have continuous stream of support, of businesses growing, of fans showing up week in, week out, of players developing, of structures being built and maintained. When you have a system, where you develop things that make for a good football ecosystem. And I'm going to go in another direction now briefly. Then you will not see the kind of carnage you saw at the Abuja Stadium yesterday after the Bulls lost. Mm. Because if we have a culture of seeing teams play and not win matches, mm. if you have a culture of security forces dealing with fans, because I mean, let's, let's be honest. 
it's only when 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 when, when uh, the media also receives that they say oh there's something wrong with Africa. There's look off the first and same all over the world. Yeah. But after a while, when they used to see their team win away, they lose at home. When when uh, uh when the security officials are, are used to they have trainings and they used to and 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 they and and they do several crowd control scenarios. When it comes to the bigger picture. Because I heard that somebody died yesterday, uh, a calf official, the doping official. When they are used to that, so on a big day like we saw yesterday, everything just clicks into gear. They are prepared. They are not rushing. They are prepared. And that is this, that is the tragedy of all this. Look, it's, we can talk about this five weeks all day. Yeah. But until we build that ecosystem where we can do things without, where there's a template that's just either expand, or shrink according to the needs, uh, and we have people that, that can respond. Sometimes when I listen to uh, um, some of our guys who have worked with CAF and FIFA, when they are on, on what's that, when they are lamenting, you understand their pain. The you and I have covered matches and basketball games all over the world, yeah. and we see how people respond. To, and so it is painful when you try to tell some of our colleagues in the media, some of you who have, who have shared experiences with us, and because of what it is that they, that that uh, that they want that they can't tell the truth to those who should hear it? Because for me, that is the sad part. It's not just about going to the World Cup; it's about de- it's about development, yeah, and not just players. Everything, everything, DG, it and it starts from doing it right at different levels, not at that level where you can, look. You can't. You can't build the said, house I, from doing this. I said this. I've I've been saying this for like five years. We, and it's sounding like uh, I'm repeating myself like a broken record. But we keep uh, everything about this NFL has been about Super Eagles. And I think because now I, I last night I was like, okay, what are these guys going to do now? Really? <laughs> what are they going to do now for the next six, nine months? What are they going to do? And to underline that, and I say this with all sense of responsibility, but just to underline that, to underline that the NFL president jetted out of the country this morning. A member of our staff was on a flight with him, saw him on the plane. If we had won, he would stay and we would have milked it all over the place. We have lost <laughs> his more or less abandoned ship. The argument could be, well, he's a FIFA official now, so the FIFA draws are coming up in the weeks and all that. But hey, I mean, we were more concerned about us than them, so to speak. Okay, let's break it down and let's go to the media. And here, I am actually very, very pinged that in the media, with, I say with all sense of respect and um, all sense of humility and all sense of the fact that as far as Nigerian media goes, you can respectfully say I'm a veteran. I can respectfully say I've tried to live by the rules within my means. I've tried to do things the right way. I'm not saying I'm perfect. And so when we're talking to some of the younger guys, there's some lines you don't cross. Otherwise, the lines are blurred. My worry with the media hear me is that um, we get too involved with athletes on one side mm. and administrators on the other. Yeah. Is that that we are friends with an administrator too closely? We are friends with an athlete. I always tell people, if you're a TV presenter, for instance, the fact that you, you might know all the top players in the world, they might be your friends, they might be on uh, first name terms or you have their numbers. If you go into the studio I don't hone, hone your craft. The fact that you know Messi or Ronaldo 
will not make you a better sportscaster. Mm -mm. It gives you contacts to do certain things, but mm -hmm. you have to work on yourself. That's not what it makes you. I, I, made, I made a living for not, I don't like uh, uh, relating with Super Eagles players and officials when they are in office or when they are in power or when they are playing because it beclouds your sense of joy. But hey, mm -hmm. it is what it is. I can't tell people not to be friends with whoever they want to be friends with. But it's got to the point where we're not ob objective. There was an argument on the WhatsApp group yesterday that degenerated between fans of Maduka Okoye and fans of Uzoho. And I found it extremely childish and disgusting. Three times now, we have gone out of competitions because of some of these players that we have pushed. I'm not blaming them. I'm not saying they're right, but I just want to use it to illustrate the point. At the Nations Cup in 2019, Akpei made a mistake that led to a goal. We got knocked out. At the last Nations Cup this year, it was uh, Okoye that made a mistake. Last night, it was Uzo that made a mistake. These are three foreign-based players, foreign-based goalkeepers that made mistakes. I mean, I'm not castigating them, but these are that supposedly are top goalkeepers. And we say that we don't have any goalkeeper that is even as good or deserves a chance as these guys have got, gotten. Meanwhile, the last time a home-based goalkeeper was number one, or at least for a while, uh, Ezenwa Ikechuku, is that his name, buddy? Yeah, Ikechuku Ezenwa. Ikechuku Ezenwa. Yeah. When we qualified for the last World Cup the last time, the guy was a home-based goalkeeper. He didn't have errors like this. But here we are in the media, we will continue to a lot of us will continue to feel that everything Nigerian is inferior. inferior, is bad. I keep, I will say it. We need to grow this. We'll get to that. Don't let me, don't let me jump to that. So, yeah, I mean, my take is that the media, if you don't stick to the job of reporting and analyzing sports news, because a lot of us are getting into areas we are not really supposed to get to. It's leading to a lot of partisanship. It's becoming a judgment. And it has become a major problem. Yes. It's not only in football. Basketball, it happens. Oh, yes. uh, athletics, athletics, it happens. It's become a major problem in solving some of the challenges we have in sports administration. First and foremost, uh, if you're going to be a media man, one of the, I'm, not, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not a journalist, so I don't particularly claim like I know all the tenets of journalism. But if there's one that I know, neutrality is key. Yeah. That's been neutral. But mm -hmm. what do we have today? We have a lot of journalists, media people who are now agents, who are now PR people for these PR players, <laughs> who are now managers for the players. And it beclouds your judgment. And these same guys find their way into the hearts of whoever is running the Super Eagles, mm. be it coach, assistant coach, or whatever, so that they can chip in their client's name to get a call-up into the Super Eagles. And that is what has put us in power of this problem today. Why do I say so? When Ikechiko Ezewa was trust with the number one shirt after we had, um, um, was Kali Kebe? Mm. Fell ill. Fell ill, yeah. Anything I didn't do badly. How did we get to this position of Akwei Uzo and Madoka? Who, well, if I'm to say, are average at best. Yeah. We've, yes, we have not been able to replace Eyama. It's a problem we've had. And that's also because 
We have a poor goalkeeping coach because once you've been old salary for 22 months <laughs> and you decide to stay on the and job stay there. and you don't leave, you're enjoying it, then that means you're really not working. The process that led to these guys becoming number one at the times they, they became number one are a bit shady. Uzoro came to the ladder because the first three or four goalkeepers in Deportivo La Coruña at the point got injured. And it was the next guy in line as a youth goalkeeper and he was promoted. He kept for the rest of the season and what happened? Boom! Drafted to the Super Eagles. Boom! Didn't have to compete for a jersey with Ezewa. Mm. Became number one. Had his issues. We had to go with Akpei. Akpei had his issues. Next thing, what did we do? A journalist pushed a particular guy who's based in Germany who'd been playing fourth division football. Fourth wasn't division. even number one mm. at the time. Played fourth division. Pushed him, pushed him, pushed him, pushed him. Got into the Super Eagles. What happened? Became number one. Now, on the basis of his international participation, got a transfer. Mm. People need to understand that you playing for the national team... Use the Super Eagles as a stepping stone. Oh, yes. People need to realize that playing for the national team can get you transfers abroad. Oh, yes. There are other guys in the Super Eagles under the same guy that everybody's talking about that also got their opportunities by virtue of certain people in the media pushing those players to play for Super Eagles to get most. Now, when the media starts playing that role, Where's the neutrality? Yeah. How do we, where do we draw the line? The same guys in the media will be with, in the WhatsApp comments of administrators seeking all kinds of favors. Where do we find the neutrality to be able to criticize these administrators when they do wrong? Just to tell you that, ah, oh God, you have heard here. I media and trips to matches. And trips to uh, matches. Trips to work like, <laughs> like, but they say yesterday, you go there. I was, going to, come, I was going to come to body. You, you shook the table. No, you, you didn't shake the table. No, you broke it. You completely. shook the building. <laughs> yesterday, when you said, uh, I'm trying to paraphrase what you said, that um, referring to journalists, let's be honest, that um, we've not qualified for the World Cup and... Um, it's probably better that so that some people will not go and be disgracing themselves in Qatar and all of that. We've seen what happens. But uh, what do you, what do we say? You know, when we talk, because I've, I've tried to so, so, they feel like, oh, because you are traveling now, you, you can afford to turn down. But you know, when I tell you, the biggest currency you have in this industry is your integrity. That's the biggest currency you have in this industry, is your integrity. The moment somebody can dangle, even no matter how tough, I've had situations, let me, I'm not trying to praise myself, i had situations where I had serious house rent issues, almost thrown out of my house with my family, and people were dangling monies in front of me that would have paid that house rent three years. But I was like, look, the moment you lose your integrity, you can't say anything anymore. (laughs) And that's what our guys need to understand. It's not like we are not, we are perfect or we are wonderful, but if you want to do this job, there are certain lines you do simply do not cross. How is it so difficult to understand that, buddy? And what do you say to our younger guys so that it doesn't appear as if we are lording it over them? These are the simple truths. Look, the fact, the fact is that the code that some of the older media people live by. And it's not just sports. 
because you already have you have multi-layered activation mm-hmm. with Nigerian football that doesn't depend on the Super Eagles beating everybody black and blue for you to be happy or for your brand to be happy. Irrespective of the situation, your activation will be based on in and outside competition. Yes. Not in competition. No. I, I, I've, I've said it time and time again that even with the arrangements they have, the corporates are not maximizing the potential of their sponsorship arrangements. Yeah. Because this arrangements obviously only covers in competition. doesn't cover outside competition. And outside competition is even when you're able to stay within the minds of that your demography, the minds of your customer base. Because really, there's no distraction of the competition still running that you can still invest your money outside that competition. And like you said, if they need us to tell them where to put their money, I can easily tell them where they can put their money <laughs> in the next uh, six months or thereabout if they're looking for a way to spend money. We need to realize that a lot of corporates, there's, there's, a, there's a fat food chain in, 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 in the UK that's had a long-term relationship with the English FA. They've had that relationship over, at least as far as I can probably 10, 15 years. And that relationship has transcended beyond just English law. It has trans- transcended to the players themselves. The players have grown from youth football and become superstars that they've maintained a relationship across board with those players to the level that they've grown up to. That's having a relationship with the entire football entity, the entire mm. football structure. Not waiting until there's qualification for a World Cup, there's qualification for the African World Cup is once every four years. Even though FIFA are trying to be and mental you know, and, and then, then, no matter how good your team is, you are not, there's there are no guarantee. You win, there are times you will lose. There's no guarantee. <laughs> you, <laughs> you enjoy, you derive more value when you invest in the entire structure Mm. For the, if you're there for the whole hug, for the long run, you enjoy and invest, you get more value when you do that. Also, I do believe that corporates should look more at sponsoring the locally. Locally. The mileage is more, is more extensive. And just the super how many times how much you play in a year? And it's continuous. It's continuous. I was, I was going to come to that. Thank you, Yemi, for that. I was going to come to the MPFL body. As we gradually close this now, um, just about five, seven minutes left for us to round this up. Um, buddy, the MPFL, you know, we have said it so many times, we have been abused and called all sorts of names, but we continue to say it. You know, I always feel that if there is a problem, you take specific steps to address it. There was a time when England were having issues of, uh, their young players were not having uh, we're not getting access to the Premier League teams because Premier League play teams were buying up young stars from across Europe and the rise was going to affect the development of their football and their talent development and the pool, the players weren't getting enough access to the Premier League teams. And what did they do? They told Premier League teams, they, re- they restricted the number of young players who could sign outside of England. And I think we have seen now it has worked. That, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, Remember, Italy are suffering that now. Italy are suffering that now. You know, so my, 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 my take has always been that, look, even if the NPFL is as bad as you guys say it is, 
you must do something to generate interest to give it appeal. Make four places in every Super Eagle squad. Keep it aside for MPFL players. We in the media, anytime there is a Super Eagles match coming up, we will be speculating who are the four players. Oh, yes. We will talk about players. We will create a boss. We will do this, we will do that. The players themselves know if I can come up with consistent performances, I have a chance. It's not, you know, and do something because if you say this league is bad, this league is bad, and you just leave it like that, then what are you doing about it? That's always been the question. So for me, there's no country that develops. Now we're looking for Nigeria. Anybody that sounds like Nigerian on the North Pole, we we'll go and talk to him, come and beg, we'll go and beg the national team. Take picture. We, we are going nowhere with this. MPFL, you can, for instance, cannot tell me that those three goalkeepers are better than all the goalkeepers in the MPFL. I won't accept that from you. I will never accept that from you. If you give those players, now look up the players a chance, after chance, after chance, like you are giving all these guys, they will excel at some point. So, my question to you is that, why is it so difficult for authorities and people, and some of you, even our media colleagues will appreciate the fact that you have to grow this league somehow. No country develops by abandoning its local football and thinking national team is the only way to go. See, you have talked about, about England. There's a time that South Africa, yeah, yeah, that they deliberately stopped inviting their players from abroad yes. for the national teams. Yeah, yeah. Their, their national team was, was chock full of those who play who earn their living in the South African league. They have tempered it a bit now. But the majority of the of the players for the for the Bafana Bafana as it's selected from the from, from, from that league. Yeah. And I can tell you for free that of course you and I know that. We can laugh at South, South Africa all we want. The fact is that if you look at their, if, if you look at where the women's football is now and where they are I there's no guarantee that if the Swagos play against South Africa now, of course, we will say it's not South Africa, we'll be there. <laughs> but it's not a clear cut. We saw that, we saw how difficult it, it, it was for Ghana to get that qualifi- qualifying spot from South Africa. Yeah. In fact, if not, if, if not, if not that FIFA were kind, yeah. they would have knocked that, they would have knocked Ghana out. We have been playing against South Africa. Egypt made it mandatory. That none of their none of their uh, players at a time could leave the country unless they are until they are at a certain age that they must play their league. What I'm trying to say is that countries have made rules to help them grow their league. Exactly. Because sometimes, sometimes when we bring this argument up, what you hear from some people, fans and, and, and media, is that we can't legislate greatness. We can't legislate. You have to let it. Sometimes you need to do it to protect yourself. Yes, you need to do that. The other argument that I hear, but of course these days I pick my facts on social media. Although I was forced to engage some people yesterday, you know what you also hear is that oh, the moment they get they, they get in the super goose, uh, um, they, they go abroad. So let them go abroad. Yes, now even calf, even calf, calf set the tone for us to make this easy on ourselves. Mm. 
Yes, yeah, exactly. And they said, look, as long as you are playing your home league, you can play for child. But the moment you leave your home league, you are, you are not qualified anymore. It's the same thing. Nigeria is so huge, and so 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 so, so, so many talented players are coming to that. Someone raised uh, raised the argument if, um, a, a couple of weeks ago that look, I know a couple of players in the league who should be in the Eagles, but they said, hey, you know what? If that boy that uh, was named by, if he has stayed home, maybe maybe a big Eagles about is gone. So let somebody else take his place. Simple. It's a no brainer. <laughs> but why would it's, the guys? It's simple. Why would just, the guys not go when they know that if they are here, keep the conveyor belts going? They even know that if they are here, they will never get invited. So why won't they go? <laughs> you know, you just keep the just just keep the conveyor belts. Okay, going and they, you know what it does for you. They, they, just something. When a player has gone to the national team, when it comes back to his club, there's a buzz. Like there's a buzz. Mm. There's a difference. Okay. There's the a the final question now, Yemi. Hold, hold on. So we have to, we have to we have thirty have to, seconds. Remember when? Fans announced their team list for this friendlies. Yes. And the guy from Lons was announced to make the team list. You saw the boss yeah. in Lons, how they celebrated the reaction that the player yes. from that team was going to make the national team. You Imagine know, so that's that what we're talking list. about. All right, Yemi. Uh, let me end the final question now. We are here. Um, it's four years to the next World Cup. So I believe. This Nations is, Cup is around the corner. Nations Cup is next year. But what I'm trying to say is that it's now time for us to appreciate the fact that you have to have a plan, oh, a yeah. long-term plan. So, we don't know what's going to happen with coaching crew and all that, but this is a chance for us to recalibrate, refocus, and know that let's have a four-year plan. Whoever you're going to give the coaching job to, let him know now that he has four years and stick to the plan. Yeah. So, what do you think we should do now? How do, how do we move forward from this point? Final question on this today. With this, what has happened, the NFS elections takes a back seat. Right? Next, we need to make a substantial appointment mm. as coach. If we're going to continue to go avant as technical director, let's know now. But we have to make an appointment as coach now and give him a five-year deal to take us to the next World Cup and stick with it. Stick to the plan. And support in whichever way you can support. Support as much as you can but the entire coaching crew needs to be potential, especially the goalkeeping coach, because that allows the new coach to be able to look out for a new set of goalkeepers or new set of players. Okay. Well, it's been a reality check for Nigerian football, but um, at times you need to take two steps backwards to make progress. Um, that's what we need to do. We have to come up with a four-year, a, a long-term plan. We know where issues are with us in our football, except we want to play the ostrich. We know what we need to do. We have to come up with a four-year plan. Sometimes, failure helps you to become successful on the long run. That's the view we'll take, and that's the view I think Nigerian football to take, should take. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at uh, Sports360Pod underscore and on Instagram at Sports360Pod. Many thanks for joining us. Yemi Adison are here. But you're good to you on uh, Skype. And we'll, next week, we'll ask you to send us your questions for us. We are going to have a special question and answer session on the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Sports 360 Pod. Bye-bye.